Welcome back to the Monica Matthews Show. Happy Hump Day. Two more days. I feel like I just said that like 24 hours ago. The weeks are flying by. This year is flying by. Can you believe we're already in May? That is nuts. Crazy. As crazy as the left is about all things. Decency, law, and order. What do you have? One more day. Oh my gosh. Oh, okay. I thought Cinco de Mayo was going to land on a Friday. Some of you need a Friday for Cinco de Mayo. Man, some good memories around Cinco de Mayo. Even though we don't even celebrate what we think we're celebrating. But we'll talk about that on Cinco de Mayo. Today, just when you thought you had seen it all, Or at least I did. And as a minister, I've seen a lot of things. As an entertainer, I've seen a lot of things. (laughs) But people, if you'll just listen long enough, people will tell you exactly who they are. Okay, here we have a very unstable person, in my humble opinion. Okay, This has since been deleted, but this is Amanda Duarte. She says, I do wonder how these white supremacist lawmakers, because remember, everything is about supremacy or privilege. See, this is all part of the Marxist's mantra, which we're going to get to in just a minute. So when, when the rest of you are, you find yourselves going, how did we get here? Right? Well, look no further than your higher education institutions that have charged you to turn your children into complete mental, emotional, spiritual, feeble, just maniacal zombies. There's no other way to put that because it just is what it is. I do wonder how these white supremacist lawmakers would feel You ready? Amanda, you need help, girl. If their little white daughters were raped and impregnated by black men, I can't even believe I just read that out loud. I can't believe she tweeted it. And it's gone, as it should be. But guess where it's not gone from? It still resides in her mind And in her heart. I mean, that is pretty grotesque. I don't know how you feel about that. I do wonder how these white supremacist lawmakers would feel if their little white daughters were raped and impregnated by black men. So what's interesting is that she's cloaking her own bigotry. And clearly, unless she identifies as a black woman... She looks a little like me. 
and I don't identify as a black woman. Now, my daughter, who is bi-ethnic, will tell you that it's sometimes I can be the most sister white girl she knows, which is hilarious coming from her, naturally. This is egregious. This is really embarrassing. This is abhorrent. I mean, what are you saying exactly? Is this your bigotry on display? Or, yeah. I mean, no one wants their child to be raped, Amanda, by anyone of any persuasion or any ethnicity, any culture. No one wants their child to be raped. Even those I would defend who are okay ripping their children from their wombs. I would imagine that if they did in fact decide to have children, that they would not favor their child being raped by anyone. But to say somehow it's more egregious because it's a black man is really filthy and disgusting. Now she may have deleted it, but she owes she owes America an apology. That's pretty gross, in my humble opinion. But not necessarily as gross at well, no, it is. I mean, there's how do you how do you weigh it? How do you measure the grossness, the grotesqueness, the wickedness that we're dealing with right now? How do you like my living room today? I love having fun with these little backgrounds. Yesterday I was in someone else's house with like this great baby grand piano. Today I'm in someone's looks like Brie Dolls, uh my favorite Epoch Times journalist. Love you, Brie. This looks like her, uh, what I would imagine her her loft looks like in Rome, overlooking the Vatican. <laughs> so I have fun with these things. Why not? <laughs> because this is not my house. <laughs> anyway, for those of you on podcast, uh, you should tune in sometime and watch me on video. It's a lot of fun. So, and I'm just not so hung up on, you know, on making fake things real for you guys. So it is what it is. It's production. It's fun. It's theater. Just like your politicians. Check this out. Oh, wrong, 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 wrong. Well, since we're here, <laughs> let's go to uh, let's go to Dave Chappelle. Dave Chappelle was attacked in uh, just last evening in uh, on stage uh, in Los Angeles. Shocking. Um, at the Netflix is a joke comedy show. So what's really gross and I didn't, I'm not going to show you a screenshot of it or the video, but the dude they carried out of there, there's a dude who charges the stage with like almost like a musket and he's a black dude and, but it's like something that he's rigged with a knife at the end. And uh, yeah, well, when he's carried out on the stretcher, his arm is twisted in such, like the security dudes mucked him up is all I can say. Uh, His arm is just completely 
backward and dangling and gross. And the only time I've ever seen that other than an emergency room. And there it's like your mind is prepared for it because you're in a sanitized environment. But watching football players, I watched this one play many, many, many moons ago. And that kid got his leg just snapped in half and it went one direction behind his body and his body went another direction. And I almost heaved in the living room because I was like, yeah, I was not expecting that. And it's just because your brain is like, yeah, that's not normal. That's what they did to Dave Chappelle's alleged attacker. And it was pretty raunchy. So we live in a very violent culture. Some of you in the church believe that God did away with Sodom and Gomorrah because of their sexual sin. But the truth is, it was a combination of things. And primarily, you ready for this? You're not going to like it because you're so married to the sexual sin stuff, which is pretty important. I'm not going to lie. We are told that your body is the temple of, of God, okay? But it was because of the violence. It was so egregious. It was so out of control. I mean, just think about the dark ages, right? I mean, think about, no offense to my Vikings, because I love y'all. You know that. And I'm a bit of a Viking myself. But um, it, it's it's a bit of part of that era that's like very primal like probably the era we're coming up on whenever we all move into the book of Eli days which seems to be coming at a rapid pace right so violence and some of you will just assign that violence to the black ethnicity and to black culture but that is not obviously altogether true i will say this because black americans have been exploited and completely abused on both sides of the aisle based on our history as a nation, okay? It does tend to breed violence when men and women have been raised to believe, A, they are less than, B, they will have to work 20 times harder to measure up. Thanks, Obama. He's still on that door, by the way. Makes me nuts. The church has politicized life here on earth as a black man and woman to the point where even your churches are not safe to just rest and abide in the gospel of Jesus Christ. They, too, are about how to beat the system the man, a little less like the gospel. And I know this for a fact because I was raised singing in predominantly black churches. Yes, I sing black gospel. So, and I pay attention. I'm a minister. I pay attention to what is being taught in your churches. So it's kind of interesting because you have white pastors who have completely bypassed the gospel and no longer teach complete restoration, reconciliation, and reparation, if you will, in the spiritual sense, right? They no longer teach that. They, too, have become victims of uh, the Marxists. Now, they may stand, and not all of them do, 
not all of them stand against abortion. You have Raphael Warnock, who is a senator, allegedly, uh, who was selected from here in the state of Georgia, and he uh, champions this narrative that Jesus is okay with abortion. He's a bishop. He's black. He's prominent. He is in a position of authority. Now, his Bible, I'm certain, is not different from mine with regard to life, but clearly the... What's the how can I phrase this? Clearly, the socio-political agenda of Marxism has infiltrated and beguiled not only this man, but whites, blacks, Latinos, Asians. It doesn't matter. It doesn't matter what ethnicity you are. It is a narrative that is beguiling, and it is from the pit of hell. And it moves its way through the left primarily because the left finds itself, I believe, in my humble opinion, with the most at least outwardly expressing godlessness. And self, um, self by self-admission, very proudly that they are godless. So so this woman says uh she is a Washington resident. She is also a federal employee who is protesting uh against the Supreme Court numero uno big no no. Two, uh she is a part of the Marxist movement that as you can read seeks to uh, end uh, the nuclear family, okay? I believe that ending abortion is part of the strategy of preserving a heterosexual uh, nuclear family because that is a site of ideological control, Camilla said. I think this conflict is not an illusion or a misunderstanding she identifies as an anarcho-Marxist. Uh, she has to fight conservatism. People must end families of one man and one woman who have children. These are her words, and this is from Epoch Times. So, uh, Epoch News. So, this is a prevalent mindset. And where does this come from? Well, it's actually, its underpinnings have been here for a while. If you think about it, I mean, you could go back to 1913. You could go back to taxation. You could actually go back to Abraham Lincoln. Uh, you could go back to, you know, a forced tax, not based on uh, consumption, Right, You could go back to when we actually became a socialist country. You know, when President Trump said years ago that he, um, America would never be a socialist country, he was right. And the minute he said it, I said out loud, he's right, because we're about to go directly into communism. And then my daughter corrected me and reminded me that it's actually fascism 
that we are moving into and living under currently. And so for some of you, you think to yourself, how did we get here? And it seems like it, it was just sprung upon us and it's all Obama's fault, but it's not. It's been here for decades, for hundreds of years. We have been redistributing wealth in this country with our tax dollars for generations. Think about all the people who live on Medicaid, not to be confused with Medicare, but eh, but Medicaid, right? Government-assisted programs who are perfectly able-bodied beings of, of, to, of working. What a brilliant system on behalf of the enemy of godliness, which says that you are a uniquely designed and created human being, which says that you were designed with a set of gifts that are irrevocable, which says that God saw you from his own womb, according to the word, and says that he has a life and a plan and an expected end for you. The world system does not abide by that. It can't. It's the world's system. And so what a more vulnerable demographic than, I'm not even going to say minorities because I hate that term. I don't like the assignment of anything that categorizes people uh, so that they stay there. My late pastor used to say that he reserved the right to change, and we should too. And I agree with that. So I'm a huge proponent of repentance. Yes, even for our politicians. So, which we're going to talk about in a minute, while you all are celebrating certain victories, I just want you to keep your eyes on the prize. So, and and you know what? God bless President Trump for some of its endorsements and a big fat what the hell to other endorsements there. I said it. So, and I live in the state of Georgia, but back to this Marxist socialist existence that we actually already live in, uh, in the state of, in the United States of America. Um, think about the reallocation of your hard earned money that is distributed for the greater good of people around you who are perfectly capable of working. It actually flies in the face of where the scripture says that if you don't work, you don't eat. The nuclear family was designed clearly by God. That is written. Marriage from the orthodox's uh, orthodoxy standpoint, which I love, is a mirror image of God's relationship to us. It is supposed to be. The man lays down his life for his wife, as Christ did the church. The wife uh, respects and is obedient to, boy, I'm going to get some emails. I already know it. And listen, I'm not talking about being obedient to people's devils. I'm talking about there's a level of respect and order there and an understanding that if your marriage is covered and submitted to God, on behalf of both of you, it's not as if you're not going to have your struggles like everyone else because that's a fallacy. But the promise is if you will go vertical with your complaints, with your concerns, with your petitions, with your needs, with your desires, 
with the things that you need to have, you know, a fulfilling life and soul, God promises that he hears you and he is faithful to listen and to answer your prayers. In marriage, that usually looks like him going back down the other side of the triangle and dealing with your spouse as opposed to you trying to go horizontal. And although some of you could use a little bit more horizontal time, do you get that? Uh, but instead of you all going to each other, trying to work things out because you think you know somebody just because they've been behaving a certain way for a very long time, you think you know their motivations for doing something, but you don't. And many times they don't even know why they do what they do. So if everybody submits to their creator and starts inquiring and starts petitioning and starts repenting and starts being grateful and starts abiding in and by the word, our marriages would be off the charts, just like our relationship with our father. But only 3% of the church reads the Bible. And that is your instruction manual for life, for raising your babies, for engaging in civic duty, for marriage, you know, I mean, relationships, whether they're in community, governance, whatever, inter, you know, national relationships, borders, all of those things are outlined. They're covered right there. Order, decency, proper, you know, proper things. It's all outlined right there. And it's, and it's all for the cause of liberty. But the enemy will tell you that it's all to oppress you and stifle you and have control over your ovaries and your womb and your sex life and all of that because, you know, it's your body, it's your choice. You should be able to have fun and, you know, take whatever this new pill is or some horse something concoction that women are being told to take to cause a spontaneous abortion. I mean, again, you guys grow up. I mean, I'm not responsible for your womb you are. I'm not responsible for your choices. Sexually, you are. I'm happy to come alongside you and uh, pour into your life to disciple you, to minister to you, not judge you or condemn you. But you're not going to put your 10th kid off on me. And you're not going to put your abortions in my face and tell me that my earned income has to pay for your sexual sin. No, I don't subscribe to that. And I can still love you and have that conversation. I don't have to be mad at you. I don't have to condemn you to hell. It just is what it is, right? So I want to encourage you all to take your peace around these things, but just know that this Marxist agenda is very real. And it has been cultivated over a very long period of time. You know, when 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 COVID and all these things and injections and doctors were being fired from hospitals, administrations were like completely out of control and still are, in my humble opinion, in the medical uh, industrial complex. My doctor friends would say to me, you know, Monica, we're all we're already there with socialized medicine. What are you talking about? You know, because I kept saying, oh, well, you know, we're just going to socialized medicine. It's just one step closer to them being in total control of everything. And that's what this younger generation wants. They want the government to take care of them because they are totally godless. And they think they've earned 
socialism and Marxism. I think they've earned that. Talk about privilege. That's not privilege. That's, that is slavery. But it appears as protection, which most slavery these days, aside from sex trafficking, does. And, and you wonder why, actually, you wonder why some women stay in that industry and after being trafficked for so long. And it's because they come to believe that their captors are, in fact, their saviors and their protectors. True story. It's really interesting. Because it's amazing what the mind will do to adapt in order to survive. So when you're thinking about about ethnicities and cultures and violence and death and hell and destruction and and really practicing abortion, like practicing a lifestyle of aborting uh, life from their womb, uh, living according to disorder and complete anarchy without without respect for authority, which is really the slight against the Supreme Court right now. Yes, I do believe it is an operation, and it is political in nature, but I also believe that that operation's intent is to undermine the, the final, you know, the final frontier of our beloved and sacred institutions in this country with regard to law and order. And that's at the top of the list, right? It's the Supreme Court of the United States of America. So, you know, but we did just (laughs) confirm a woman who can't tell you that she's a woman who is extraordinarily radical in her ideas and legislates from the bench uh, and gives the appearance of, of extending mercy and grace. But if you look at where all of that mercy and grace collectively is happening right now in the country, the normalization of sexualizing our children. Things that would appall both sides of the aisle for a very long period of time in this country, right? But I don't know, maybe all of our sins have been underground for so long and now that they're coming to the surface, people are like, because sometimes people do that. As a minister, I can tell you, and as a sinner, I'll tell you, uh, that, um, you know, how many times have you, attempted to normalize your sin. It's called the greasy grace slope, in my humble opinion. And so it's like, well, you know, Jesus knows my heart. God knows me. You know, that whole speech we give to ourselves whenever we're justifying something that we know is not cool. And it's not good. We know that it is not going to lead to anything but death, hell, and destruction. But, there's that big powerful three-letter word, but, right? But we tell ourselves we agree with the enemy of our souls, and we tell ourselves that there's a justification for why we're doing what we're doing. And the more you do that, the more reprobate your mind is inclined to become. And your mind is really where you make the decision to engage in things that will either lead to life or death. And if you don't know the instruction manual that uh, encourages you, disciplines you, instructs you, if you'd end partners with you, comforts you, 
knows you, understands you, right? If you do not align with that and you have not ingested that to the point where you can actually then live it, you won't. You will live a version of it and it will more than likely be yours. It'll be your translation, right? Or it'll be society's. And so some of these things are really, it's not, they, they, they manifest in the way of partisanship. And it's easy for us, I think, to put things into a box and go, oh, well, that's just the Democrats. But what we've seen is that it's not just the Democrats. It's not. People on the right are trafficking children just like people on the left. And so maybe the reprobation's been going on for so long behind the scenes that God has actually just given us over to, which he has done many times before in your Bibles, your Torahs. Read them. He's done this many times. And so maybe the normalization of the sexualization of our children isn't a partisan issue. And as much as I would say it's a geopolitical takedown of this country, I would say it is a kingdom takedown of this country. And so if you want to take this country back, you're going to have to approach it from a kingdom standard. Amen? Speaking of kingdom standards, something that is uh, also your responsibility is your wealth, your blessings, protecting them, not hoarding them, sharing them, multiplying them, right? Remember the scripture about the talents. And so if you have been blessed, for me personally, if you've been blessed with finances and if you have a job, you are blessed, okay? So if you've been blessed with finances, it seems counterproductive to me to invest God's blessings in my life into entities and things that do not bless others, that are actually leading to the destruction of my own country. So whenever I make decisions about where to put my finances, if I have any disposable income left, if I have savings, when I make decisions about that, I am making them moving forward based on where are they going to stand the greatest chance of multiplying as well as the shelter that can be provided by virtue of its never-ending value. By virtue of its intrinsic value. It may fluctuate a little bit, but... Precious metals are something that they're called precious for a reason, right? And I do believe, like if you read your, if you read the word, I love it. There's so many descriptors of what heaven looks like, of what the Ark of the Covenant looked like, right? The temple was magnificent. I mean, it was very specifically designed. And there are many things that that you all, some of you are called to things that you can't, you feel like you can't afford to do. You feel like you're always behind the eight ball. And I understand that, believe me. And I've come to realize recently that one of the reasons why we are that way consistently 
behind the eight ball in our financial life is because we no longer have a relationship, if we ever did, have a tangible relationship with our currency. We don't understand money. We don't. We rely on other people to tell us about money, where to put our money, where not to put it, where to hide our money, right? But ultimately, it becomes part of the system. And you put your hard-earned money and your blessings into markets that are controlled and manipulated by the other kingdom. So there, there's my spiel. Gold Co. MonicaMatthews.com backslash Gold Co. I would encourage you to check that out today. Also, our health. How many times have we, I mean, look at how many people right now. Oh my gosh, you guys, I'm so heartbroken over the people act like it's this big surprise that Pfizer didn't tell pregnant women, you know, what was going to happen to their children. I'm like, well, that's because Pfizer didn't know. I mean, they just start injecting people with something that was never went through trials by virtue of our own legal definition of a vaccine for the love of God. We didn't even live up to that standard and you all still consider it a vaccine. And you let people convince you that that's what it is. Some of you have been fired from your jobs, from your posts in the military, because you refuse something that they call something that it's not. And I don't care if it is an emergency standard. You don't get to change the term of something scientifically because there's an emergency. A man-made emergency. You just don't. So take your health back. Be preemptive about it. Be proactive about your health, which is why I have partnered with Dr. Zelenka, who I really look forward to having on my show next week. And we're going to talk about his products and that's zstacklife.com backslash M-M-Z stacklife.com backslash M-M. Happy to partner with a respected physician who loves God, loves his family, Loves science, loves health, and loves this country. Speaking of someone who loves this country, Mike Lindell, who has really been the poster child for all things cancel, which is really steal, kill, and destroy. And I want to commend all of you for the fact that Mike Lindell is even in business at this point. When you read the list of companies that canceled Mike and my pillow, that would no longer allow him to advertise. I mean, you know, the, you know, it's bad whenever somebody's like, no, nah, we don't want your advertising dollars because, you know, you're a conservative. You stand for election integrity. You've overcome. Remember what the word says those who overcome will inherit. Are you overcoming? Mike Lindell is overcome, which is another reason why I've partnered with him. I too. I'm an overcomer and overcoming every day. So overcoming can be kind of comforting when, when you're wrapped up in your bath sheets, which I love. And thank you to those of you who have been, who love the bath sheets too. And you let me know about it. I love the fact that you guys are being blessed by my code, which is Monica at mypillow.com. That makes me very happy. And uh, it is mother's day. I don't know if you can still get your shipment in. Maybe give it a shot. You can save up to 66% 
getting mom slippers, house robe, bath towels, whatever. Your children, they have these really cool uh, pillows that have scriptures and paintings of, you know, scriptural uh, paintings on the Noah's Ark, you know, just conversation starters with your kids, right? It all starts in your home. MyPillow.com. Code Monica. And on that note, you know, take your peace in these times. Today was a very um, just kind of con- contemplative day for me running through the news cycle. And as I run through the news cycle and it all comes through my filters and then I get ready to come on and share things with you. My number one question before I ever hit the airwaves is, Father, what do you want me to say to your kids? And you may not believe that you're one of God's kids, but if you're breathing and uh, and you're alive and you were created and you're in this earth, you're one of God's kids. So there. So that means that he is concerned about you, whether you know it or accept it or not. And so my words are very important to me. Um, and I weigh them according to your heart in your mind and the temperature of this country and the temperature of this country right now is out of control, but you can change that with one engagement at a time. You have no idea how far a smile will go. You have no idea. You don't even have to say anything. And even if someone is scowling at you, it's it makes it it leaves an impression on the soul when you engage someone in a in a in a kinetic way in a physical way you're in close proximity to someone they can see your face they hear your voice they see your gestures um you know paying for someone's coffee is awesome the person in front of you in line that's great maybe uh helping someone out with their groceries I don't know, maybe add 10 or 20 bucks to your bill to help the person behind you. Look around the grocery store. I'm not saying to profile people, but what I am saying is that, you know, I've rarely been wrong whenever I see a mama, you know, here's a profile for you. Look for a mother who looks like she's struggling with all of her children and leave, you know, add 10 or 20 bucks to, you know, to help her out with her groceries. That is something that people never forget. Remember, it is the kindness of the Lord that brings people to repentance. It is not his promises of death, hell, and destruction, right? It's his promises of life eternal. Be good to each other. Beginning in your own mirror. And remember, if you're an American, you can go to my website Purchase my merchandise that reminds you to act like one. MonicaMatthews.com. You can subscribe to my YouTube channel and Rumble. Very exciting projects coming up that you guys are not going to want to miss with some of your favorite personalities. Have a good day. I love you.